In Matthew 16, 13, it says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say, Listen, I'm going to go back to that verse 13 again. I thought about going through the scriptures and, and uh, just looking at the questions that Jesus asked. You know, sometimes we're more concerned about what we ask. And uh, just stop to think about that. I'm, I'm a studying on that right now, get, trying to come up with this, this, this questions throughout the New, in the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that Jesus personally asked. Wouldn't that be a good study? Yeah. Just think about it. And he said, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? There's a second question. But whom say ye that I am? I'm, I ask you, what, what, they, what, what do they say? And, and you're telling me what they're saying. I want to know what you say. And that's actually where God wants us. He wants us to uh, pinpoint where we are. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I don't believe he made no hesitation there. I believe he quickly threw that out. Because Peter actually believed that he was the Son of God. Do you believe that this morning? I do. And I don't want to make no bones about it. All right. Verse 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father, which is never. Matter of fact, flesh and blood won't reveal it to you. Flesh and blood wants to think of something else. He's a great historian, a good teacher. But uh, it's the Spirit of God and God the Father that reveals to us who Jesus is. And uh, so he says here in verse 18, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Which leads me to think of another study here. Not only should we go back and look at the questions that Jesus asked, we should go back and look at the statements that he made. By the way, that's more important. We, we're quick sometimes to tell you what Spurgeon said and what uh, um, some of the great men of God were, have said, what preachers have said, and that's good. That's good. But what did Jesus say? And uh, that's what we have to base our lives on, what Jesus said. And I'll say it again. And he's, and I say also, un, uh, say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Verse 19. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven, then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. And there's another little subject that brings on another study. Why did he not want them to tell them? Have you ever asked that yourself? And that's one of them things that you just probably jumped over and went on. Right? And maybe you thought about it a little bit. But do you really know? Amen. We'll need to look at that. So there's three things out of this portion of Scripture this morning that make good studies, wouldn't it? All right, we're not into that. We're going back to our original study. And I'm just giving you something to go home and 
look at. All right, so you don't have nothing to do. I've got you some subjects there that you can dig out. Okay, we started this study, and we said that God loves the lost. Now, you heard that so much, and you know it. Matter of fact, you knew it before I started teaching it, didn't you? God loves the lost. Loves them so much that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross of Calvary. Secondly, God not only loves the lost, but he loves the saved, the born-again people. And then thirdly, God loves the church. Those are the three things that he definitely loves. And everything will be included in that. Matter of fact, everything will be included in the first two, the lost and the saved. Because there's no uh, half-saved people and no half-lost people. Amen. Some um, may feel like they're more, more saved than they are lost, and some people may think they're more lost than they are saved. But that's what they think. God says you're either one or the other, lost or saved. But then we find that God loves the church, and he proves that here because he said, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. I means overcome it. Prevail against it. I mean, he'll fight it, but it won't overcome it. So we find that he's got a special love for the saved, a special love for the lost, and a special love for the church. And what else are there to love in human beings, Right? The church is born again believers. And by the way, if you look at that, it's, it's made up of the saved folks. And then I added one back to the top of that, that God loves those who love the lost, who love the saved, and who love the church. Now, if you get to where you love the lost like God loves them, and you love the saved like Jesus loves the saved, and you love the church like God loves the church, I'll guarantee you right now there's no limits to what your life could be. Am I right? Now, this is practical teaching, and this is where I want us to get this in our heart. Uh, we're thinking about how much money we can make down the years, what kind of car we can drive, what kind of home we live in, what kind of clothes that we can wear, what kind of prestige we might have. And God wants us to get the place that we just love the lost and love the saved and love the church. And then he'll take care of all the rest of it. It don't make no difference what kind of jalopy you're driving around in. Amen. If you're trying to win the loss of the Lord Jesus Christ, it makes no difference what kind of a dud you have on, just as long as they cover your nakedness. That's all God expects out of you. And I believe God will give you enough cloth to cover it. Amen. Might not be the fancy style and it might not be what's, uh, what the world wants, but I believe God will clothe you. I also believe that God will feed you. If you want to major your life on the lost and the saved and the church, and doing everything you can to win the lost and help the saved and build the church. If you do all that, and we're going to get into that a little de- deeper as we go. And this may sound like, well, we're going backwards and not going very fast. No, we're not. We're in granny gear. And we, you know what granny gear is? Uh, my daddy always told me what granny gear is. Old, old vehicles now don't have that, you know. But daddy would take them old. Uh, logging trucks. My dad driving old logging trucks. They had uh, grandma gear. Most of the time, he didn't even start off in that granny gear. He pulled it down into the second one, take off. Uh, but when you kind of climb a hill with a load of logs, and it's wanting to lug on you, put it up in granny gear, and that granny gear is like this. I mean, it turns everything slow, and uh, it just moves. It it don't move fast, but it moves, and it won't spin. 
Amen. If it gets traction, it's gone. uh, In a month or two, he'll be there. (laughs) Amen. Understand what I'm saying? So we're in granny gear. We want to, I want to dig through this thing and get all I can get out. Lord, give me all I can get out of your word. I used to try to see how much ground I could cover in one time and and I'm not here to try to impress you how much I know because I don't know much and I don't come to that. I learn everything I learn. I come up here and dump it on you. And sometimes I learn it right here while I'm preaching and teaching. And as a matter of fact, I didn't. I, all I got for notes this morning is two two verses, two places in the scriptures to go to, and we ain't got there yet. Amen. That's all my notes for this lesson today. Other than what I had before, them three things or four things I just told you about. That I got that right here on the. That's all we're we're operating on. But what I'm trying to say is uh, that I want more and what I can get, and I I didn't have nothing on here about granny gear. But you understand, it's a simple thought to get us. We need quit jumping over scriptures and letting the scriptures speak to us. Amen. Uh, we want to see how much scripture we can know, but God wants, is more interested in how much scripture He can get in us. He's wanting, He's wanting to see how much we get of Him. Amen. And not what, how much we, uh, you know, we, we can get ourselves into. I want Him to touch me and use me. So my thinking in everything I'm doing, Every day, where it's driving up the road or going to the grocery store, I try to make that look at, as a, at and from a spiritual standpoint. Amen. How do you get that out of grocers? Amen. I got to eat. And I need the scriptures to keep me nourished. See? Amen. And that's the way it is. Well, we, we want to look at this just a little closer. God wants us to love the lost. And we talked about that last week. And week before last, we went into how we started this ministry and this work. And I believe this church is an evangelistic church. We're not evangelizing like we ought to evangelize. But I believe we got more of an evangelistic program than most churches have. And every church I've ever pastored, we had some to some degree. If you've got a missionary program, that's evangelistic. The only thing is, sometimes we want the missionaries to go do what we're supposed to be doing. So we've got, and I believe we go into all parts of the world, but we've got others. I believe we've got other churches today that say, well, we should not go overseas and we shouldn't put missionaries there because we're letting people perish outside the doors, outside the walls of the church, and we have. But the Bible said, go ye in all parts of the world. That means home and abroad. Some churches call themselves missionary Baptist churches, and they have no missionary at all in their church. They don't support missions. I've always been a, a, a believer in missions. We haven't pushed them as hard as I have pushed them in days past here, but I believe missions is a, is a, one of the heartbeats of the church. Any outreach to win the lost, like our, uh, our printing ministry, Personal evangelism, uh, witnessing, knocking on doors, which you don't do much of no more. And uh, things have changed. We went through that the other day. I'm not going to repeat that. But I'm saying to you, we need, every church needs some kind of evangelistic program. Some of the big churches has got a lot of money that could put into programs like that. Very seldom ever use anything. They, they do an incorporate, I mean, a, a corporate thing. And, uh, you know, like your Southern Baptist churches, they, 
uh, do the Lottie Moon offering and some of those things. And those things are good, but the thing about it is they're missing the mark. And then they're using different scriptures and all that. And uh, the people are getting by. But personal evangelism and witnessing to people is something that's passed off a scene in the last 25, 30 years. When I first started preaching, visitation programs and witnessing one-on-one was a common thing. It was no trouble to go to a place like Kmart, Walmart, and uh, get up a conversation with somebody and win them to the Lord. I've done that in those places. But you get in there doing that now, and you get run over and everything else. That was, uh, I'm talking about inside the stores. They wouldn't want you doing that now. Uh, we used to go into parking lots. I've gone in parking lots and put tracks and s- stuck them in windows. Well, in the summertime, they have the window cracked about like that, and I've poked them in. Y'all done that? I've done that. I've stuck them on windshields under the, under the uh, uh, wipers, and uh, I've, I've handed them to people coming out. I've done that for hours at a time, and nobody said nothing. I've gone to the hospitals, passed out tracks to everybody that's in the uh, waiting room and walking down the hall, and then one day you walk in, and things have changed, and you walk down the hall giving out tracks like you always do, and somebody says, hey, what are you doing? So I'm passing out literature. I'm going to see somebody at the hospital, and I thought I'd hand some. Well, you can't do that. Uh, I'm the chaplain here. Everything comes through me, and I don't remember seeing you come through. Yeah, well, uh, I, I'm listening to the Lord. The Lord tells me to witness to people. And he said, well, if you're going to do it here, you're going to have to come through the chaplain. Matter of fact, we'll, we make sure all the literature, we got to make sure it's right. You look at him, and his collar's turned around backwards, and, and uh, you know good and well, he ain't going to accept what you got. Uh, parking lots. You go out in parking lots and they'll say, nope, can't pass out literature here. And, uh, you know, we had somebody in the church here one time that went down to Kmart and they'd, they'd stick tracks in the coat pockets and, uh, dress pockets and, uh, shirts, uh, of, of Kmart and a fella from Kmart and calls and he says, uh, I want you to stop giving it because I had my phone number on the back of it. I want you to stop giving out this literature and putting it in our, that makes a mess. I said, sir, I didn't do it, but somebody did. Amen. And I do appreciate, I had a fella call me one night and he says, uh, and he was, he was three or four shots in the wind. And he said to me, he said, I detest that you put this ungodly stuff in my beer pack. <laughs> somebody put in there. Uh, the danger of alcohol, one little track we got on that, Satan's brew. And somebody stuck it in his six-pack and he took it home. And he was drunk. And I said, I didn't do it, but I sure am glad somebody done their job. lady calls me up from California one day and says, I want you to know right now, this thing on the, on, we've got a little track down there on all the, uh, uh, the signs, what are, I don't know what we call it, what are, zodiac signs. And uh, she she said, uh, we live in this community and said, somebody put this on my door today and I want you to know right now I don't appreciate it and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prosecute you. And I said, help yourself. Lady, I live in Georgia. I couldn't have went to California and put that on your door today and got back here. But I said, you help yourself whatever you got to do. 
I said, I was just trying to tell you, tell you and inform you of what God says. And boy, she didn't like it. And she, but she, she had the pleasure of telling me off and I let her do it. Amen. And, uh, so anyhow, what I'm trying, what do you do? Amen. Everybody's got a right to believe what they want to believe. And I got a right to tell you it's wrong. You got a right to tell me it's right if you want to. But that's all right. Uh, there's one final authority and that's the Bible, the Word of God. And so, you know, had a fellow call me up and he said, how dare you send this literature to our gay community? We are a good, good community. And somebody give them the track on the homosexuality. And uh, I didn't, but they did. That's what we put it out for. Amen. To give it out and get rid of and uh, let them know. And uh, I just say, well... Uh, I didn't do it, but I'm glad somebody's doing their job. Amen. And so when we get to eternity or in glory, we're going to find out when we get to glory what good all this has done. And uh, I know good and well if we love the lost. And uh, how can I stand up here and tell you I don't uh, that I love the lost when I never try to win them? Oh, I love the lost. I don't want nobody to go to hell. Listen, in our average day, and this hits hard, and I'm not up here to try to soft soap anything. Matter of fact, uh, uh, I have nothing to gain by telling what I'm telling. I, I mean, I have everything to lose by doing. Uh, and I'm not trying to run the rest of the race smooth because I want it. To, I want us to tell the truth. But there's a lot of people that we say we love the lost and we've got loved ones in our families that are lost and we're not even praying over them, much less people around the world. Think about that a minute. If you've got uh, an aunt or a cousin or a grandchild or a grandson or, or a, a somebody in the family, a brother or a sister, and they're not right with God, we ought to be agonizing before God to get them saved. And uh, if we love the lost like we say we love the lost, we would be. Understand what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to pick at nobody. I'm guilty as anybody. And I want to tell you this morning, we need to pray for the lost. The biggest tool we have is prayer. Amen. Biggest tool we have is prayer. And we ought to be using that tool for the glory of God to win them. Uh, I've got uh, family members that are lost. I've got family members that I don't know where they're lost or saved. They say they're saved, but the Word says they're not. And uh, so you walk in the middle, you know, and you say, well, what do you take? I just count them as lost. If the Word of God uh, appears to me to be right, and it is, and if the Word of God leans to their lifestyle being wrong, then I know something's wrong. They're either saved and carnal, Far away. But I know one thing, they're not following God. And I need, I, I need to leave them up in prayer. I pray for them. Amen. And until we get to where we'll pray for our own family. Now hear this. Until we get the place we'll, we will pray for our own family and family members that are lost. I believe you're wasting your time trying to pray for those that's in Egypt and uh, California. Amen. I mean, why would we want to pray for somebody way out yonder that's not blood kin to us when we want him to pray for somebody's blood kin to us? 
You said, but I got an old uncle. He's mean and wicked. I ain't praying for him. You don't love the lost. You know, if the Lord had that idea, you wouldn't be saved either. Pretty tough stuff, ain't it? But God says, we teaches us in the Word of God, we ought to love the lost. Can you tell me one lost person that Jesus did not love and does not love? You said, well, you let many of them go to hell. That's because they rejected Him. The Father has the has the right or the and, and the ability to keep anybody out of hell. But God says you trample my son's blood under your feet and reject what I've said and reject him as Savior, you're going to hell. He said that's the only sin you cannot be forgiven of. Blaspheme the Holy Ghost. And God deals with you over and over and over and you refuse him. Somebody said, Boy, so and so done this, he got he's bound to go to hell because he done that. Not but one sin It'll take you to hell for sure. And that is the rejection of Jesus Christ. Anybody that refuses the Lord, refuses to repent, refuses to call upon Him, refuses to receive Him, refuses to hear Him, he goes to hell. Or her, either one. And uh, nothing you can do to change that. Amen. So, uh, we've come to the place of thinking if you commit one certain sin... And uh, that that is, and that's the only sin that uh, will take you to hell. But it's not other things, and uh, so forth. Well, we need to love the lost. Secondly, we're going to move off of that because we can stay on that alone another service or two, but we won't. We need to love the saved. Now, the saved are the born again, blood bought, blood washed people. Who have called upon the Lord. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not might be. Not could be. Not possibly be. But are. You call on the Lord, repent of your sin, and you will get saved. Amen. Whether you want to or not. Amen. Amen. It'll just happen that way. But uh, many people don't love the saints of God. They fuss with one another in the church. They fight one another in the church. I just heard, uh, just heard recently that, uh, they split, a church split on a little, uh, issue, little simple issue. One of the little mountain churches, uh, split and started another church. They had had outdoor plumbing. I remember the first pastor that I had, the first church I had, had outdoor plumbing. Amen. You said, what do you think about that? I think it worked. We didn't have as many going. When it's about 30 degrees outside and down behind the church, people didn't want to walk down. Amen. We put it in the church and zip, 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 zip. They even like a freeway. And I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying, amen. My daddy and mama taught me to go before you get here and go between services if you have to. And uh, amen. And I know some sit here. Well, I, I stand at the back sometimes, and this is uh, this may sound personal to you, but I'm standing at the back sometimes, and uh, I've said amen, dismissed, and somebody make a beeline to the bathroom, and said, I 
Thought I wasn't going to make it. So they've had some teaching. Understand? And uh, so what I'm trying to say is, uh, I've been to uh, churches like it, but this church, uh, one of the ladies in the church died and she left a little money to the church. And she left it the church to put bathrooms in the church. So they added on to the church, built the restrooms in there, and everything was going fine and dandy. Till they come down to the fixtures. And uh, one group of people in that church wanted a white commodes. And another group wanted to pay a little bit more and get blue commodes. And they split the church. Half of them left, went somewhere and built another church. I imagine it was the blue commoders. But, amen. I'm just going by what I've seen before. It's the one that stepped outside the realm. Well, who cares? Amen. I mean, men and women are dying and going to hell, and we're going to whine about the color of the commodes. That's why churches don't split usually off a of doctrine. Matter of fact, I, well, you have one half believes in in uh, virgin birth, and another portion don't believe in virgin birth, and they'll fight it out for the rest of their life. They won't separate. And that is a cause for separation. Yeah. Amen. Some of y'all in here believe in the virgin birth and, and uh, uh, don't believe in the virgin birth, then you've got a problem with me. I'm going to preach you out of here. Amen. Me and you one's leaving. Yeah. I'll assure you. Yeah. I preach on the virgin birth every service. Yeah. I'll make you cringe and, and uh, amen. So you're going to get so mad at me, you leave. Because it's against the doctrine. That's my job. My job is to stay with the truth. And I keep preaching it. And uh, so, but uh, you know, blue commodes and white commodes, I can't preach that out. It's hard to, hard to handle. People don't got their minds made up. They'll leave off a color carpet, color walls that you paint. Understand, that's still trivial stuff. So they get to where they can't even love one another in the church. If we can't love each other who we've seen, how in the world can we love God whom we have not seen? And uh, so I want to get to that one verse of Scripture uh, that I had in my notes here before time gets out just to show you that I stay with my notes the best I can. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. The sixth chapter of Deuteronomy. That's the fifth book of your Bible. Matthew, Mark, I mean, not Matthew, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And uh, so we get to Deuteronomy and chapter number 6. And verse number 5. This is the key to it all. The Bible said, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Now what I want to say this morning is you can't love the lost, nor the saved, nor the church today until you love God like you ought to love Him. Now, we're living in a time that some people are trying to keep the Ten Commandments. We got them plastered around everywhere, got them here. Amen, right up on the wall. And when you look at those, you think, well, now, this church believes in the Ten Commandments. We do. But you can keep uh, every one of them, so to speak, the way you think you keep them, and still die and go to hell. 
Amen. And you can, and I'm saying by the way you feel. Because everybody in this building's broke at least one, most of us ten. Yeah. Amen. Right. See? Because we just missed the mark. We come short. Yep. And uh, so what happens? We're living in a time now. They say, well, all you got to do is just keep the Ten Commandments and you'll be all right. Well, you can keep the best you can still die and go to hell. That's not the key. The Bible says here in Deuteronomy, and I'll read it again, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Now, that's what God says. Now, our little subject, and I say it again, God loves the lost, God loves the saved, and God loves the church, and God wants us to love the lost. And we've talked about that, and now we switch it. Now, God wants us to love the saved. God wants us to love uh, those who are born again. Who are those who are born again? Those who have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, confessed their sin. They are our brothers and our sisters in Christ. Now, you think you ought to love your brother or your sister? Some of them make it hard to do, don't they? Yeah. And if you've got any family, any siblings, I've had, uh, uh, there's five of us, so I had four siblings. One brother's dead, and uh, some of them, the others has left. Some of them speak to me, and some of them don't. Sometimes, sometimes they want to get around me, and some of them don't want to get around me. And I know what it is. Siblings can't even get along sometimes, but God expects the church to be in a different position. We've got one common denominator, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ and the shed blood of Christ and the grace of God. And that should make us love one another. And God teaches it through the Word of God that we love one another. Now, the reason today that we can't love everybody that's around us, and we ought to love everybody. Now, while you're sitting here listening to me, you probably think of some that you wouldn't be around. I've heard people say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give them air and a jug. You ever heard that little statement? And uh, I, I wouldn't help them for, if they was in hell with their back broke. I've heard people say stuff like that. Supposed to be saints of God. Now, if you've got that kind of attitude, I want to tell you before we even preach today, you need the altar first. It'll help the rest of it go. Yep, the rest of the service. If you can think of somebody that you despise and you can't stand, you don't like them. Now, there's a lot of difference between despising people and hating people and just not liking their ways. There's a lot of people I just don't want to be around because they don't make me comfortable. And I just avoid them. The Bible said, mark them that cause division and avoid them. And that's what I try to do. I see my time has done come and gone. And uh, just on a subject, I need I'll leave that hanging in the air so we can get on that next week. Amen. I won't I won't uh, skin you with that, but we'll get on the rest of it. Just remember what I've already said. May God help us. Let's pray and get ready for worship service, and we'll come back to exactly where we are right now next week. Our Father, thank you today for the goodness of God, for watching over us and caring for us, for us, and taking care of all our business and doing what needs to be done. Thank you for it all. Have your own way in everything that's done, accomplished in the service today, the songs we sing, the prayers we pray, the testimonies that are given, the message that's uh, given today. I pray, God, you'll season it with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, that the power of God might fall. 
I pray the presence of God might be seen and felt. God, I pray today that we go out of this building saying it's been wonderful to be down to the house of God. And we go home with our soul vibrating uh, with the glory of God. And we'll give you the praise for what's going to be accomplished. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, get ready for worship.